Hello and welcome to the Innovative Missional Ministries podcast. I'm Jeff Heisner, video journalist and digital media director for the Michigan District. And today we're talking with Pastor Jim Richter, missionary at large in the Grand Rapids area. And Jim has pastored five churches. The Vine is the fourth church plant that he's shepherded. And why don't you begin with telling us a little bit about the Vine right now? Yeah, we are located in Northwest Grand Rapids um, called Walker is the area, but everybody um, really just calls it Northwest Grand Rapids. And um, we are on uh, July 15th was when we landed feet on the ground uh, four years ago um, to help start the church plant. Um, And it's been quite a journey. Um, uh, The location where we serve the community it is a former Mount Olive Lutheran Church. Um, sadly, that church faced uh, a lot of decline, and the district visited with them and uh, really felt like the best um, strategy to move forward in mission was a replant. Now, now replant is very different than uh, revitalization. A replant, a revitalization is really using um, what is there and the people there and um, continuing to improve uh, the way you're doing mission and and just seek to, by God's grace, uh, grow with that uh, kind of same leadership, same um, maybe a, a different programs or whatever, but uh, um, same entity. A replant, you actually start a new church. And then the hope and dream is that those who were part of the former church become part of the new church, but the new church has new leaders. Um, it um, is, uh, again, uh, really gone deep into s- strategy for reaching the community with the unchanging gospel and how that's going to be. And so um, it changes culture, but not necessarily the people. These are good Christ-following people. Um, that's the hope and dream. And so um, that that has uh, faced some challenges. Um, we're trying to figure that out in the district. We have other churches in decline and uh, want to help them, whether it be through revitalization or replant. And so uh, the, the Vine has kind of been a pilot project um, and we've learned a ton. And, <laughs> yeah, you, you talked about challenges. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's anything more challenging than you kind of start this church plant and then COVID hits. So six months after we started, COVID hit. And you have to remember, again, this is a replant. And uh, when we initially started the replant, we thought, um, you know, some people from Mount Olive would become part of the core group, or maybe people that had had been confirmed or baptized at Mount Olive would become part of the core group. Well, that didn't happen. So basically, my wife, Sarah, who is a... Um, you know, synodically trained early childhood specialist. She's an early childhood teacher. She's amazing with children. And myself, we were the we were the vine. You know, so this is not the way as a church planter, I would say you should plant churches at all. Like you you go in with a core group of people that are um, love Jesus, like-minded, like-hearted in mission. And then you you grow a, a launch team, and from there you 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 um, start worship, and the church by God's grace does what Jesus does. He he grows the church, 
we we didn't have that. And so going into COVID, it's just we're just starting to gather people and make connections in the community. And then all of a sudden we're digital. Mm. And wow, was that challenging? It, it was a little challenge. So in some ways, it was easier for us because people during that time were still craving community. And because we were, you know, small and agile, um, um, and, um, and so we weren't like dealing with hundreds of people, people still wanted to meet and we were happy to do it. Like, you know, uh, you know, Jesus called me a long time ago to take up my cross and die to myself and follow him. So I didn't really care if I died physically. And the other people that were with us were kind of in the same boat. And so it was okay. Like we were still meeting, we were still doing community and we were still, you know, in various ways, um, seeking to reach out to our friends with the gospel. So yeah, good and good and bad. So how do you think, where are you guys now? We are, um, so, um, just a long kind of, uh, curvy road, but <laughs> by, um, uh, so sadly, um, uh, Mount Olive, once we started the new church plant, decided that um, we, we just had a different way of doing mission, uh, same gospels, same good Lutheran theology, but we just had a different way of doing mission. And so they kind of wanted to go back and try and do it on their own. They ended up closing um, uh, shortly after covid it covid hit and it was just so we were um actually mobile mobile church uh worshiping um in a rented location for about a year through that process um not all of shut down the 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 church extension fund actually purchased the facilities and we ended up back in that spot and and that was really a miracle jeff because it just didn't seem like there was, you know, the vine was in mission at that point. We had gathered a group, uh, but it didn't seem like we were going to be in that particular neighborhood. Um, but we, as we continued to look at the map and look at the people God was gathering, that was kind of the center of our mission field. Hmm. And um, and we, I said, well, let's just keep praying and see what the Lord does. Well, by God's grace, we ended up back in the property, and we're so grateful for all the... Um, you know, the people who helped uh, start and do the mission work in Mount Olive for years and years and years. And we honor um, them for all that they've done in the community. And uh, we, we stand on their shoulders and um, we're a new uh, church plant, but we continue to do that same mission of sharing uh, the unchanging gospel. And so we're, we're grateful for the place that we have. We couldn't do it without Church Extension Fund. Uh, we're renting to own the facility, um, and they're working with us on that as we grow in numbers. And you guys just finished up a really cool VBS. Why don't you talk about what you did and, and how it came about? Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's VBS, Vacation Bible School. But first of all, there's just a little twist that you do in our, our day and age, and it's a just kind of a cue towards culture. So we call it summer camp. Okay, and, and you'll hear these different phrases, because if you say vacation Bible school and um, with the the unchurched and de-churched families that we're reaching out to in our neighborhood, they're like, what is that? And um, mm -hmm. 
And there's all kinds of things that come with that. If we say summer camp and we're going to do Bible stories and really fun games and fun activities and have snacks, um, they're all about that. <laughs> and so yeah. it's a summer camp. And this week, this year, we did a Lego theme. It was Master Builder Summer Camp. And we always, uh, we've had fun the last couple of years working in something that's kind of STEM. Mm -hmm. uh, so science, technology, engineering, math. And of course, if you're an early childhood teacher, there's no better math than Lego blocks. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, we're working on that. And you can do all kinds of stuff with that um, related to science and uh, parents you know, love that. And, and of course, for us, it's, it's just a connect point uh, to share the gospel with people that don't normally, um, uh, you know, kind of do things in conjunction with the church. And so we, we get to connect with our community that way. We had exactly 50 children, That's and awesome. then, um, 15 uh, to 20 volunteers that uh, helped out. That's really cool. So you've done four church plants. I got to imagine each one is different, but there has to be some common themes and some common things you try to do along the way, correct? Um, yeah, wow. That is a really good <laughs> question slash statement. And I would say, actually, I I would have to confess the way I go about church planting now is quite a bit different than I than than um, when I started in 2000, <laughs> and and I'm still learning. As a matter of fact, Jeff, I'm just a student of mission and a, a student. Really, I sit at the feet of Jesus, the Master Missionary, um, to learn from Him. And and I don't I don't as I grow in understanding, I don't think we've always done it the way Jesus, our master missionary, does it <clears throat> and has done it. And so what, what has changed, um, Jeff, is that in 2000, when I, I actually followed a church planter in Lawrenceville, Georgia, and it's the best school that I've ever gone to, I, I learned a lot about what to do and what not to do in church planting. Um, and then, of course, um, we were called uh, um, about the time we really were feeling like things were happening there. The, the really, uh, I was called to help start Open Arms Lutheran Church um, in Belleville, Michigan, and and actually, I got called three times before I said yes. But that's a whole different story. But in in two thousand two thousand three, when we helped. Um, some amazing core group uh, work on the mission plant at Open Arms. Uh, the culture was different. It, there, there's been a way, a big difference in culture. So when we helped start Open Arms, people were still kind of looking for a church to belong to. If 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 they were married and young with and just starting to have children, they're looking for a church to belong to. If they had grown up in the church, even if they were de-churched, if they had drifted away. And so as a church planter, I would say I wasn't as much a, a missionary and a disciple maker as I was a, a gatherer. And, and, and you would just gather and, and visit and gather. And 
you know, build, you know, grow a group of people and invite your invite your people to gather people. And it was very event based and attractional. Like you would invite them to Sunday morning <laughs> and, and, and um, we did groups and, and, and did that well. And we, we tried to get everybody involved in supporting Sunday morning, you know, volunteering and um, being part of worship, part of whatever we were doing, but it was very centered in Sunday morning. And it worked. <laughs> so um, about 2014, uh, after 13 years at Open Arms and watching the Lord grow that ministry, uh, we were called to help uh, start a church in the Aurora Naperville area. And um, and that was a, a, a larger group uh, plant. And um, it was um, kind of based in this attractional ministry model. And frankly, Jeff, I mean, we, we grew, but it was addition, not multiplication. And, and I started seeing at that time culture changing dramatically. And I scratched my head because we were, we had systems in place and processes in place and, and all the stuff that I had learned. And we, we had, like a really wonderful, all the teams in place for Sunday mornings. And, and, um, and I, I thought we were doing a really good job just sharing the gospel and, and, you know, in ways that people um, could hear and understand and apply to their lives. But we weren't growing dynamically. We were growing. It was a, it was a quite a growing mission, but I, I discovered what we need to do at that time is get back to disciple making the way Jesus makes disciples. And, and that was a, a really simple kind of recipe. Um, over and over in the Gospels, we, we see Jesus, he, um, he, he um, heals, he proclaims the good news, and he, he teaches. Um, and uh, if if we look at Matthew uh, four twenty three, we we see Jesus laying out kind of this pattern, and and he shares it in Matthew four twenty three. He shares it in Matthew nine thirty five through thirty eight, and um, it's a it's a pattern behind the words when he sends out the twelve in Matthew ten seven through eight. Um, it's the pattern when he sends out the seventy two in Luke ten one and eight and uh it's a it's so effective and powerful that in Matt, in Luke 10 17 through 20 when the disciples come back rejoicing um Jesus reminds the the disciples not to get too hung up uh on the pattern but to get overwhelmed by the love of the father that they see working in the hearts of other people and um and so like that's Jesus pattern. He would, he would, he would um, show the people the kingdom and teach them and then send them out and they would do it. We're not very good at that. We, we bring them in, we send them out, but we don't show them how to do it. We, we teach, but we're not as good at training, Jeff. And there's a big difference between teaching and training. 
and and then they would come back and and rejoice and 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 he'd rejoice with them but then he would he would review and and teach and because they had incorporated that teaching into and training into their life and they were doing it they just continued to grow um in maturity and i i think um that's what we need to get back to disciples who are making disciples as they go we talked about society is changing so fast uh, i have to imagine uh, the ministry now is so much more relational than maybe it was back then right and, and that's kind of the goal right yeah it is absolutely like people we have to get this in our mind we love worship i i was you know i think i was baptized before i was a week old mm -hmm. like i can't remember a day that i didn't know jesus was my savior and lord i i love being in the house of the lord i love worship i love being with god's people and i i can't imagine not being there and i can't imagine somebody not wanting to but we have to understand that we live in a world where where people don't want to worship they don't think it's worth their time they don't know god they don't know they think they know about jesus christ but they don't know him and 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 so we need to go to them just like jesus mm -hmm. and and build relationships and and you know i i, I gave you that pattern heal and and proclaim good news and teach and and jeff people are like well i can't heal wait a second if you follow jesus in his ministry in those healings he prays when he healed when he raises lazarus from the dead he prays out loud so we can hear him father i thank you for hearing me i know you always hear me but i prayed this so that those around me might hear and understand and jeff when we pray all we're doing is connecting our living Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, with people. And we're praying that he would bring the kingdom, your kingdom come, and he brings it. And when people see him healing or working, sometimes it's not the answer they want. But but believe me, God go, is at work, and he connects the dots. And then we get to be in relationship with those people, and we're just proclaiming good news. We're, we're proclaiming answered prayer. We're, we're proclaiming what we see God doing in the world around us. We're proclaiming the full literal gospel of Jesus, his person and his work to people because we're in relationship and we just do because they, they love us, you know, whatever. We're crazy or whatever, but they love us anyways. But see, the gospel does the work. The Holy Spirit, like that gospel is powerful. And as we share it in relationship and then, then we teach. So heal proclaim teach at some point they're going to be so interested they want more so you invite them to a group or you invite them to worship or you, you then, then then they're going to start learning and then they're going to be um trained and sent out uh jim that's great stuff couldn't agree more and especially in an area and in, in a society now where there are so many unchurched that's a, a great bit of advice for sure so uh, as a fellow beer brewer, I couldn't let you go <laughs> without having to chat about what you've got on tap right now. 
Oh man, you know, you're killing me because <laughs> I have not brewed in, in quite a while. Oh. But um, this morning, as a matter of fact, I was dreaming a little bit about Scotch ale. And so <laughs> I think that might be the the next brew. I've, I've shared with you before my uh, specialty is um, Imperial bourbon stouts. Yeah, you do the, the dark stuff. That's yeah, that's that's, cool. that, that's not easy. Yeah, that's a like a dragon's milk clone. If you're familiar with yeah, Nippon brewery, and so uh, I love doing that. But we got a little time here, and and I actually would prefer a Scotch ale over an Oktoberfest. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that's just my particular taste. That's the good thing about when you make it yourself. And, and incidentally, that's a great way to connect with people. One of the things that happens to us is, is when we become part of the church, we love our people. We want to hang out with our people. And it's so fun. It's like being at the family gathering, you know. But we need to learn that we need to find places and spaces where we are making friends with people who don't know Jesus, unchurched or dechurched. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and. Brewing is one of the ways that I do it. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, I, I kind of my wife and I started as as a way for us to kind of have a date night, and that it morphed into bringing friends around, and we'd make an IPA and uh, yeah. go from there. Yeah, my my expertise is more in the IPA, and it's much easier than what you were doing for sure. So, how did you get started? Uh, yeah, I, I love IPAs. Hops cover the multitude of sins. <laughs> I just. <laughs> uh, Amen. <laughs> well, Pastor, thank you so much for making time for us. And uh, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. That was awesome. Great conversation. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Grateful to be able to just visit with you today. Uh, and thank you, the listener, for making this podcast part of your day. God bless. <laughs>